You're listening to GNU World Order, episode 333. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu, episode 333. What on earth is that? Well, it's season 14 technically, but we're doing away with seasons and we're just going straight numbers from now on. 333 is mostly a an imaginary number that I came up with after a, a best effort count of past episodes. I have to admit, some of my very, very early episodes have been lost to the annals of time, but generally speaking, I've estimated I have 333 episodes, or 332, making this the 333rd, and from here on out, we'll just use episode numbers. No more season times episode number, just a straight-up number. So from now on, 333, 334 will be next. This is also, confusingly, the first episode of 2020. I say confusingly because if you're listening to it upon release, it is not yet 2020, it's actually 2019. However, since my episodes are more or less for a week, this is, is by in, in in two days from when you're, you know, from, from release of this, it will be 2020. So that means that this is the first week of 2020, even though the day itself is not in 2020. Of course, if you're not hearing this upon release, then this all makes sense to you because it is 2020, or maybe it's even later. So the takeaway from this part of the episode is that we're using numbers, and it's 2020 now, whether it actually is or not. So in this episode, it's going to be quick. I'm, I'm rather on holiday right now, so I just wanted to get something out. But I, I wanted to mention this very interesting news development that the... Uh, not open source website Twitter has made a broadcast for open source developers in a search or in an effort to create a a decentralized social media network. Now, normally I don't care about this sort of thing. I don't really care about Twitter so much. I, I don't care about social media so much. And this would normally just sort of pass by, probably without comment from me. This is so on the nose, though, it's hard to ignore. If, you've, if you do pay attention to social media at all, then you'll know that there is a decentralized Twitter-like experience called Mastodon. It's been around for about two years now, maybe more, maybe three, four, five years, I don't know. It's been around for a number of years, some number of years, and I've been on the platform for at least a year, possibly two years, and it works really, really well. It is a Twitter-like experience, except that there's um, a variation in how long a post may be, so it's not just whatever Twitter is. What was it classically? I think 140 characters, and then they expanded it later. I'm not sure. Point being, the person running the Mastodon instance gets to set the length, uh, any kind of limitation to the, the post the length of a post, and and most notably, it is decentralized. So someone sets up a Mastodon server, and then someone else can set up a Mastodon server somewhere else, and those two servers can kind of intermingle. Their, their users can see each other's posts, as if though they were on a very large network. And I guess even more significantly than that, they can also opt not to see one another's posts. They can they can one one mastodon server can block an entire other mastodon server it's pretty pretty remarkable now you might think well why would anyone want that well if if someone if there's a group of people on a server 
and the server sort of has positioned itself as representative of that group of people, and you have no interest in what they have to say, then you can block them. It doesn't necessarily have to be personal. It can just be that you aren't interested in what they have to say. Either way, you have the option of turning that off. You you can adjust the volume. Whereas on Twitter, of course, you, you can do that on a person-by-person -person basis. I guess you can block and mute people or something. But you can't just turn off a big section of Twitter. So this is um, this has been around. It, it even when even when Mastodon itself came out, it it wasn't uh, entirely new. There was uh, GNU, uh, what was it called? GNU Social, and before that, I, I, Identica. It, it was a whole there was a whole thing about it and it was kind of it, it, it sort of exploded and became this thing and I guess the the quote easy setup the the easy way in is is Mastodon some people are using GNU social still some others are using the social uh, the social plugin on nextcloud there are lots of different ways into this federated network and it's all up to the user so this is in a sense, a shining example of free software. This is the this this is exactly what everyone has in mind when they're talking about free software. It is it liberates the users from being controlled by someone else. It it open sources the code so that people can hack on it. It enables people to to serve as administrators for their friends of for for people who don't want to, for instance actually run their own Mastodon server, which is understandable. That's quite an undertaking. You might not want to do that, although you may want to instead run a NextCloud instance. But even then, maybe you're administering a NextCloud instance for friends who then use the social plugin to post onto the this federated network. So it's a big deal. It's a big sort of really like i say a shining example of exactly what everyone says when there's when when gnu the organization when the free software foundation says this is what we have in mind i feel like this i i don't have it from from them specifically i didn't interview them but i i feel like this would be a great example of that it is it is all of the different aspects of freedom and and liberated computing kind of coming together in in one tidy package. And when I say tidy, I mean disparate and messy and all over the place, but extremely, extremely usable. The fact that that exists and has existed is noteworthy because here's Twitter apparently saying that they want to emulate exactly, well, probably not exactly, they want to emulate what Mastodon has. Now, of course, Twitter didn't go so far as to say that, they simply said in this post, in this post by apparently the owner of the company, or, or maybe the, probably the CEO, his name is Jack Dorsey apparently, um, he, he, has, he has sent a message on Twitter, on his, on his network, saying that he wants to develop it into a decentralized network. There's been no mention of Mastodon or the fact that GNU Social and, and Identica pioneered this previously. But the idea is that it will be an open source decentralized service. And that's kind of the thing I want to talk about. Because I, I think that this is a starting to become a recurring theme. And 
it's not terribly new, but it seems to be pretty. It seems to be more frequent now than it maybe used to be. And this theme that I'm talking about is these companies or these organizations, these groups, deciding that they would like to try a winning technique uh, the, Im- implemented by some open source group that already exists. And they decide that they're going to copy and paste that technique. Now, I don't think that there's much of an argument that that's been happening for for a long time. I mean, it happens in a very literal sense with companies that, for instance, grab the source code of BSD and do whatever they want to to with it, and they're off and running. That that happens all the time. Um, Apple, of course, famously took the KHTML, that's the HTML render engine, developed for KDE... Uh, the KDE web browser and file manager Conqueror and forked it into WebKit, which has been all over the place now. There are lots of different instances you could you could point to and sort of say that or, or suggest that maybe this company is mimicking some techniques of, of some open source groups. I mean, I was at All Things Open, I think, 2015, when Microsoft showed up in a double booth giving out stickers and t-shirts, acting for all the world like an open source, a small open source project, maybe a large open source project, it was a double booth. As if though they just sort of popped onto the scene and were really, really eager to interface with new friends and people and and fellow fellow, um, enthusiasts. And it was it was interesting to see then, and it's interesting to see now how these companies are are mimicking the open source philosophies. And that's not to say that open source itself isn't mimicking other things that preceded it. Sure, there are lots of different techniques of of making a sale that we see in different organizations, and they pop up here and there. So I'm not saying that open source invented, for instance, community management or um, or, or the, the idea that, well, the first taste is free, or the idea that you have to, or that it might be a good idea to quote-unquote evangelize your, um, your favorite project to all your friends and so on. So there are, there are definitely things that precede and that are built upon and iterated upon, and I get that. But for a proprietary company to, to blatantly take the model in use by an open source group and make that their new business plan, I think is really, really kind of surprising. I mean, Microsoft is doing it right now. I think there's a, there's a strong argument that that's, that's true. And you can also count the counter argument for all of this as well, that Microsoft has always been friendly to open source. I don't know who says that, but they do say it. Uh, the counter argument to the Twitter thing is, well, they've they've got lots of open source, and they do. You can go to Twitter's GitHub page, and you can look GitHub. Oh, that's owned by Microsoft, isn't it? Um, you can go to Twitter's GitHub page and see a bunch of open source projects there that you could download and, I guess, theoretically use for your for your own project. There, many of them are apparently licensed uh, as uh, under the Apache license, so it's a pretty pretty liberal license. So there are counter arguments to all of this. 
And yet, the frequency of this thing strikes me as interesting. It, it's, it seems to be happening more and more lately, with the Twitter one possibly being the most on the nose. Like, Microsoft mimicking Linux is one thing, but Twitter mimicking the thing that 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 is obviously the open source alternative to Twitter is is pretty surprising and pretty funny. And I think at some point we're going to have to look, we being open source users and creators, we're going to have to look at our definition of of the the win condition, W I N. And and maybe redefine it or possibly or, or possibly question what that is, or maybe, maybe maybe fork it a little bit, maybe come up with a couple of win conditions. Because for a company like Twitter to mimic Mastodon, to me, sounds a lot like Mastodon has, has won. Now, I think in the past, winning for Mastodon, and, and maybe for many Mastodon users now, maybe the win condition would have been, well, everyone leaves Twitter and uses Mastodon. That would be the win condition. Twitter goes under. Twitter falls apart. Twitter loses its domain name because they didn't have the money to renew it. That sort of thing. But I think if we look at that, if we look at this news item differently and we look at, at Jack Dorsey, who I guess, again, I, I don't actually know, but I'm assuming he's the CEO of Twitter, to call out for an open source decentralized version of Twitter... Um, whereby Twitter is funding this research. This is a, yes, he is the CEO. I just read on Wired.com that he is the CEO of Twitter. He wants uh, to pay people to develop standards for a decentralized social network. Now, obviously, the cynic is going to note that a decentralized version of Twitter will likely be influenced heavily by Twitter. And so the the... The win condition, I think, for Twitter has had to change. I'm sure that the win condition for them at some point was that Mastodon gets laughed out of existence. Nobody uses it. It falls apart. It collapses under its own infighting or, or neglect. But I guess at some point, Jack Dorsey, whoever this guy is, sat down and said, okay, well, if we, if we can't do that, what if we paid a lot of money to have a decentralized social network that we own. It'll be open source, but of course Twitter will own it in the sense of sort of domain ownership. They'll they'll sort of own that structure because they're the big they're the big names behind that structure. Now, who knows, maybe that'll backfire on them. Maybe they will pay for this thing and it will hit the ground running and it will be overrun with people who are eager to, to partake in this open source decentralized network and someone else will rise to fame rather than Twitter. Maybe Twitter will become the um, the docker of, of containers or the, 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 the docker of the social networks rather. Who knows? We don't know. But um, this this concept of of having ideas adopted and iterated upon, I don't think generally has traditionally been an open source win condition. And in fact, it almost feels like a lose condition, like you got your idea stolen. And sure, it would be nicer 
it would be I think it would make a lot of people feel better if acknowledgement was was given something like here at Twitter we see that the federated network the social network uh, Mastodon has excelled at solving problems that we have traditionally not been able to solve therefore we are we are seeking to imitate their success and we are going to pay our some developers to to do so that would be great people would feel i think a lot better about that that's not what's being said we don't even know what this open source this decentralized um, structure would look like in fact i'm not even sure if I should I should have gone and really deconstructed this thing. Yeah, okay, so five open source architects, engineers and designers to develop an open source an open and decentralized standard for social media. So I guess in a sense, um if this ever does happen, people could integrate the open Twitter decentralized social media into Mastodon itself. So it, it could be this much larger federation than anyone ever believed possible. So, yeah, there are um, th there's there's new there there's a new way of of iterating on ideas in in 2020 and on, I guess. And I feel like from this point on, we're gonna have to look at these at these situations, which I don't think are going to become fewer. I think it's going to happen more and more. And the dangerous thing, I guess, is that on one hand, we know that there's implied and desired ownership. They, that's obviously, Twitter is not doing this because it truly wants people to own the network that they participate in. Twitter wants to have that for themselves they want to steer it and control it and make sure that they have sway over it otherwise why would they be hiring their own developers so that's the danger but the benefit is still there if it's truly open source it could benefit lots of people and yeah it's reinventing a wheel that mastodon is clearly already pioneered or I should say that Mastodon has, has refined and GNU Social and Identica and all those other things have pioneered. But sometimes I guess that's what winning looks like. Is getting someone, is it's, it's sort of goading someone into solving a problem where whereas they had ignored you in the past. And it seems like a really sort of inefficient, kind of clunky way to solve problems. And it's sort of like, well, I built this thing. Why don't you just use it? It kind of makes you feel like all the things that you built were kind of a waste because now you've got this other thing that people are going to latch on to potentially. But especially if they can be joined because it's if they're both open source, possibly they can talk to each other anyway. Then everyone wins. And either way, everyone wins because it's all open source. So, I don't know. I feel like 2020 might be a time where we have to reevaluate some of our some of our expectations of how the corporate world deals with this weird thing that they're still not quite sure how to deal with. This open source phenomenon. 
And who knows, I mean, their strategy may yet change, so that's something to be aware of, too. It has been, very recently, this sort of, we can't beat them, so let's join them, kind of join them, methodology. But that could change later, as they see that maybe maybe they're right, maybe open source doesn't pay the bills, maybe, maybe, or maybe being halfway open source and not, and, and and mostly not open source. Maybe that doesn't work out for Microsoft. So we don't know what's going to obviously happen in 2020 or onward, but I think it's something to be aware of. Um, and I think we're all sort of vaguely aware of it as open source users and creators, but um, it's something that I wanted to kind of mention because it, it just seems seems really unique to me and 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 certainly progressive in the in the very real literal sense of that term progressive it is it is progress that is happening before our very eyes and i mean right now i see it heading in sort of the correct direction even if the uh the licenses are are apache or bsd or mit or any of those other ones that are maybe from a developer sense or from a user sense maybe a little bit too too liberal but um who cares? You know, it's still open source, and you can iterate upon it. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's it's confusing stuff, and um, in some ways, it's it's sort of beyond belief stuff. But it's happening. This is the future, and it's very exciting. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to episode 333. Next time it'll be 334, and it really will be 2020. listening to the GNU World Order AUGcast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as AUGcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.
now see another dimension on your TV.